0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: This is to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown Saints. Got a bunch of room and some blockers. Pedaling about 30-25. Inside the 50. What a run by Kamara, who's all the way in for a touchdown.
0: Wow. Freeze, quick throw. Sanders.
1: Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm your host, John Hendricks, alongside Terrence Copper, who is back after a one-week hiatus. Man, how was the uh, how was the event with your daughter and everything?
0: Uh, it was nice, man. You know, she was in the Honor Society, got inducted. Uh, that was good. And my, my oldest son, he plays for East Carolina on the football team, and he was part of the all-academic team for the conference, for the American Athletic Conference. So man. academics is running strong right now, which I'm proud of.
1: Yeah, it should be. That's great, man. That's awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, you know, on, on the same breath, though, uh, not so good for the Saints on Sunday, right? I mean, you know, yeah. we kind of uh, look at this game, and, man, again, you go on one high from the Bucks, and then you go to a low on Atlanta. I mean, let's break it down. What did you see from this game and then kind of just some of the pain points maybe from it?
0: You know, one thing I can say, Atlanta did a great job of forming a game plan when it came to how they were going to attack us passing the ball. Uh, I think our our run defense did exactly what our run defense usually do. We stopped the run, uh, and that's what we do well. Uh, But when it comes to passing, you know, I think Atlanta schemed up some good things uh, to take advantage of certain areas in our defense, you know, when it comes to passing games. So hats off to Atlanta. I think they did a great job coaching it, but I also feel like, uh, our coaching staff and our players did a great job of coming out in the second half and putting it together and making adjustments as well and and continue to come back and, and make this game a game that we still should have won, even though we lost We still should have won it.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's the big thing for me is like, you know, for the first 50, 52 minutes of the game, Atlanta pretty much has everything going for them. They blow a lead, the Saints make their comeback and stuff. And I think that's the tough one is that, you had a chance to win the game just kind of like you did in the giants game and all this other stuff. And then the defense just always talks about, Hey, put it on us. And they just can't close it out. And so I, again, you can make the argument saying, well, they should have never won this game to begin with, or you feel good about moral victories and then to come back. But you know, bottom line is still a loss in the, in the column and it's an NFC South loss too at that. So it's, yeah. it's a bit tough to, to swallow those, but Again, you know, you look at this game too, receiver drops and tight end drops. I mean, you know, you know more than anybody about Curtis Johnson, right? And so it's just oh, yeah. one of those like as a coach, when you have games like that, you know, how do you is it more is it discipline? Is it uplifting your players? Is it a little bit of both? I mean, I know that film study has to be hard for all those guys.
0: Oh, yeah, the film study gonna be tough to look at. And and for me. I mean, especially the drops. When you get to that receiver room and in the offense room, when they're looking at this, looking at this film and looking at the drops that we had. But the biggest thing that, of course, I mean, you're gonna have drops from time to time, but and plays have to be made. But the biggest thing that they're gonna take away in this film room is third down efficiency, which we was three for ten on third down, and then penalties. Penalties. Mm-hmm. We had ten penalties for seventy four yards. So the way we look at penalties is is more like hitting yardage for. For every 50 yards of penalties, that is three points for a game. That's three points for the opposing team for every 50 yards. So we had 74 penalties. So that's close to about six points. Uh, And you see we end up losing by two. But penalties are huge. And there are all types of stats out there that we used to always look into when I was playing. That anytime you have a penalty on a drive, more than likely you're not going to score on that drive. Or your percentages your percentage of scoring on that drive, it decreases so much just by one penalty on that drive, and we had ten penalties. You know, so those those are things that are disappointing because that's discipline issues. We're back in better than ever.
1: All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code believe, That's BLEAV to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online its the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts and and you know it was on both sides of the ball you know I mean it was probably more so offense and then again you could say well the refs called a little tight they call it this way or that way I mean you look back at some of them I mean it's a you know heat of the moment call and you know it is what it is right but at the same time you know, again, it's, it's, it's a microcosm of everything, right? You look at it. I thought the run game looked exceptional. I thought Trevor Simeon did a really good job coming in. I know a lot of people were worried about him and um, you know, and and he said after the game and again, as a wide receiver, you know, you make a a moment like that and it doesn't come up. And, you know, he Trevor said to the guys on the sideline, he said, look, Hey, you know, look, you'll get the next one. I'm going to keep coming to you, you know, and I think that helps obviously from a conference per- confidence perspective. I mean, you saw Troutman do better. You saw Traquan Smith do better. You saw, you know, Kenny Stills be able to rebound a bit. And you saw Callaway, you know, rebound some too. And mm-hmm. again, it's just, you know, a lot of people, I, I say this so loosely is that people think, well, you're a wide receiver. All your job is to do is catch the football. And it's so much more than that, right? <laughs> the same thing for a tight end. But, yeah. you know, again, if, you know, going back to practice and such, if if Curtis Johnson, I mean, when you guy like that, what do you work on? Is it, is it, oh man, you just got to catch the ball or is it just something more in the routes? Is it something more in the awareness? I mean, what do you do to kind of fix some of those things?
0: You know, you, you just got to catch the ball. I mean, because the, the things that Curtis Johnson do with the receivers in practice and during the offseason season in practice, they're going to, it's not like they have to. Okay, we got to get back focused, or we got to focus on catching the ball. No, we work on this stuff all the time in practice. So it's not like they don't work on it. So it's nothing different that he has to do. They just have to come up with the. They just got to come up with the catch. You know, those are things that just has to happen. But I tell you what, man, that fourth quarter, uh, we looked real good when it came to throwing the ball. Uh, Simeon looked good. The receivers were making plays. Uh, you know, so moving forward. I kind of like Simon at the quarterback position where I was kind of skeptical about, man, I don't know how far he can take us. But for him to have his first start and him to come out and play the way he played, no interceptions. Of course, he had the, uh, the sack fumble, but he he could he controlled the ball. He kept control of the ball. He didn't have any turnovers when it comes to that side of the interception part of it. And, you know, he threw for 267 yards. You know, led us back in the fourth quarter. So he did a lot of good things. Offensively, we did a lot of good things, but we also we can't we can't start out in the hole the way we started out. You know, uh, you always it's gonna be tough to win games like that. But then when you look on the other side of the ball, you got to look at Atlanta. Atlanta had no turnovers. They they didn't they didn't give us anything. You know, so you know Atlanta didn't beat themselves. They had they had some penalties. Had about six penalties, but. They didn't beat themselves either, but they also came in with a good game plan, I felt like.
1: I I think that you hit some, some good points. You know, first of all, and Simeon on that strip sack, you know, what I think I like most about it is you talk to Simeon after the game. He's like, man, I, I felt like I could have done something different. I felt like I maybe it was too long. And then Toronto Armstead comes up behind because obviously he got beat. He's like, look, I just got beat. It's a bad angle and all that type of stuff. That's on me type thing. So I like the ownership there because, you know, you see other teams, that it's like a pointing game, a finger pointing game, all this other stuff. But, you know, defensively, you know, Matt Ryan looked like, MVP Matt Ryan right and, and <laughs> you just don't get pressure on him i mean you got guys oh. like uh, Sean Payton i mean the guy he knows who the playmakers are right and and mm-hmm. i think this is one of those things where you walk into the week He singled out Cordero Patterson early in the week. He singled out those types of guys, Kyle Pitts. And, you know, Patterson absolutely just blew by the Saints in so many ways, especially on that final drive. And, you know, um, I mean, they know who the playmakers are. And and I think, you know, as a defense, when you come down to it, is it, uh, again, It ask the question, is it just more of the execution? Because, I mean, the way Malcolm Jenkins kind of explained it is – you know, he's the quarterback of the defense. He's responsible for putting players in the right positions and all this other stuff. But, you know, is it, is it more so the alignment and what you see pre-snap or is it more of, hey, I see this and I got to execute on it? What's, what's usually the, the, the forte for
0: it? You, you know what? Sometimes when you're looking at it, uh, we can be in position to make the plays as a defensive back. And then sometimes you get caught peeking. I go back to the, the fourth quarter game, the fourth quarter, when they threw the deep ball down the sideline to Patterson, they kind of get him in field goal range. You know, our corner was just, he had his eyes into the backfield, which he could because he was in the zone, but he was sitting on the route like he was going to run a, a intermediate route. And he just kept running, running, went by him, you know? So it's little things like that. And then I go back in, like I said earlier, I go back to the Falcons. They did a great job of scheming us when it came to the pass game. And and so much when our defense they didn't the defense didn't play bad when it came to the run game because they only had they had under fifty yards rushing you know total but we gave up way too many explosion plays you had Patterson that had a uh, twenty one average catch you know he averaged twenty yards twenty one yards on the catch each catch Pitts averaged twenty yards a catch uh, then you had uh, I can't pronounce his last name Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. he had nineteen yards a catch you know, those are explosion plays every time they make a catch, you know, so that's what killed us as well. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing
1: is the breakdowns, right. Is the breakdowns defensively where guys are just wide open or just like, you know, there's so much separation. And meanwhile, you're having trouble getting separation on the other side, but, you know, again, I, I think it's a, a tough look defensively where, you know, this is another game. And, and I think what's weird is, is, is this another game on the road, on the, at home that, you know, just doesn't, it falls apart, doesn't come together and all that. And, and I think my issue again with the Saints, I wrote about it after the game is, is we're seeing a lot of inconsistencies with this team, eight games in, and I don't know who the real team is. You know, you look good against the Packers in week one, you knew you lose to the Panthers, which, again, that situation is a little unprecedented. But then you mm-hmm. beat the Pats on the road, and you lose to the Giants, and you beat the Bucs of all teams, and you lose to the Falcons. So what's kind of your take <laughs> and your gauge on this team right now with uh eight games into the season?
0: And and I feel the exact same way like you feel. The, it, we're inconsistent right now. We're not beating the teams that we're supposed to beat. You know, that, that Panthers game, you know, you got to kind of – the situation was a tough situation with the Panthers game. I get that. But you got to – if we went back and say, okay, the Giants are the way they are, you know, they're, they're beat up, you know, and, and we got to play them at our house, you would take those odds every day of the week. You know, even with the Atlanta game, even though Atlanta is not a individual rivalry, but you would take those odds of them coming to our house every day of the week that we'll win those games. And for those two teams to come into New Orleans, come to the Superdome and, and beat us the way they're beating us, you know it's disappointing, but like I said, it, we're just so inconsistent right now. Do I still feel like we have a good team? Yes, we still have a great team. I, I think we still have some 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 opportunities up to, to still win our division. But by us losing that game, we just put Atlanta right back in the division that uh, they can win it as well. You know, so we we got to continue to build wins on top of wins, and we got to win the games that we're supposed to win. We're supposed to beat Atlanta. We're supposed to beat them
1: right and and five and three now and they could be as just as easily seven and one or you know six and two worst mm-hmm. case right and and i mean yeah. again I, I dare say i feel like they're a better road team now than they have been i mean that's just been the past several years that they just do better on the road and then look you know you got the titans coming to town i mean you're going up to see the titans in nashville and you know they're a red hot team right now and so i think they're having some issues new struggles but You know, this is one of those games where if suddenly this goes off the rails for you in New Orleans, right? And Mm -hmm. you lose this game, then you got Philly on the road, then you got Buffalo and Dallas right after that. I mean, this thing could get get away from you really quickly. And I mean, I know you look at it and say on the surface, well, you look at it one game at a time, but. I mean, if you're Sean Payton, is there any semblance where you're saying I'm looking ahead or I'm trying to make sure that I don't avoid any of this? Or do you just really just say, hey, no, this is all we're focused on is executing our game plan against Tennessee and kind of going from there?
0: Yeah. So the first first thing Coach Payton's going to do, they're going to look at the film that they just had and they're going to make corrections. They're going to see where what they need to get better at and they're going to work on it. They're not going to look like they look uh, on Sunday. They're not going to look the same. You know, they're going to come out. They're going to be a better team. And honestly he got to take it and which this i'm um, this what he does we're going to take it one game at a time you can't look too far down the road because the only way those games are important is if you win this next game you know so if you're if you're constantly losing games that next game you play is it's not as important because you're because you continue to lose games so the only way the next game is going to be important is you got to win the next game you have to play so and, and then looking to uh, you brought up the uh, the titans looking forward to the titans i feel good about playing the Titans. I think we match up well with the Titans, even though the Titans uh, of course they lost their their all- world running back, but we still, even if he was still there, I still feel like we match up well with them. We are amazing when it comes to our to our run defense, and that's what the Titans do. Coach Brable, he's one of those old school coaches that he's just going to run the ball, he's going to do the old school way, turn around, hand it off. He's one of those old school type coaches, even though he's not that old. But we match up well with them because of our run defense. We're great at the run defense. And, they, of course, they got Julio. He's getting back healthy. Uh, and they got Brown over there as well. But we got a couple of corners that I feel like they can guard those guys, even though they're a little bigger. But with our run defense, because the Titans, that, that is their pride and joy. That's what they're going to hang their hat on, running the ball, running the ball. But the fact that our run defense is what it is, we match up pretty good with them.
1: Right. No, hey, number one run defense in the NFL after Sunday. I mean, the Bucs were that those those guys, and now it's the Saints. And, you know, for me, it's a shame because I really wanted to see what they were up against with Derrick Henry because that's two matchups in a row with the Titans that they don't get to play against Derrick Henry. And, you know, unfortunately, injuries do happen. And, and look, the Saints have enough of their own right now. You know, Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. I think, is the biggest biggest one to pay attention to. Um, it looks like it's knee-related. And, you know, I, I saw him on Sunday – was in the medical tent, really quick, briefly. It looks like he took a shot from the side. I mean, he played mm-hmm. out the drive, but he wasn't the same, I, I don't think, afterwards. And then, you know, Alvin, he's going to play hurt if, if he can. And even 75% Alvin is, is effective than most guys at 100%. But you yep. know, that's an important thing. He missed practice on Wednesday. I don't know if we'll expect him Thursday or in even tomorrow. And he could miss this game, which means Mark Ingram becomes that more important to the game plan. But I do believe that with this particular game plan that each defensive coach wants the quarterback to beat them. I would think if I'm the saints, I want Ryan Tannehill to try to beat me. I want, you know, if I'm the Titans, I want Trevor Simeon to beat me. And I feel good about those odds with the saints, just because I think they can get these issues corrected. I think that they can generate a little bit more of a pass rush. I think, again, you know, you look at those types of films and and Sean said it afterwards on Monday, he said, you know, that was hard to watch. And, You know, from a player's perspective, you know, I guess that's the thing is so he says the film's hard to watch. But as a player's perspective, you know, what are you feeling is just like, man, I I could have done more. Or is it more like I better not make the same mistake twice? Or what is what kind of goes through your mind when you watch film like that?
0: You're going to look at it and see all the little things when you lose like that. I tell people a lot of times I rather get blown out by 30 than lose by two, uh, Mm. because what you're going to do is and and it's good that you're going to do it. But you're going to go back, you're going to look at every single detail that that allowed this outcome to be what it is, where if you get beat by 30, guess what? You can just chalk it up. The coaches can chalk it up. Like, Listen, our game plan was wrong. We game plan these guys wrong. You know, when we went into it, it was a, it was a bad game plan. You know, so let's chalk this game up. Let's move on to the next game. But when you lose by two points and you should have won the game. If we just finish it, we should have won that game. Even though we played the way we did, we still should have won the game. You're going to go back and look at every detail. Uh, and you're, going to, you're not going to point fingers. You're going to look at self. Everybody's going to look at their self. What could they have done differently? Uh, what could I have done more of? Uh, should I have done this? Should I have done that? You know, so they're going to go back and really detail it up individually and look at the things they could have done to get better. To get better.
1: Yeah, and I know we talk a lot about the tight ends, receivers, and the drops, right? So it, let's just play this out, right? Because, I mean, I've watched football for a long time, but explain to me like I'm five, you know, what goes into a receiver because we talk a lot about separation. I mean, what all goes into that? Is it just as simple as getting off the ball? Is it simple as, you know, when you're facing press coverage or man coverage or anything like that? I mean, what all goes into that for maybe fans to understand a little bit more about what they mean when they're not getting separation?
0: Also, oh, they, when, when they're saying that we're not getting separation, that means that if a team is in man-to-man uh, and they they got that corner up on, on my receiver and I'm running my route, but I don't get any separation to where when I run my route and I come out of my break, if that defensive back is still hanging on me, that means I'm not getting any type of separation at all. If he's still within right that yard within me or right up on me, that means I'm not getting any separation for the quarterback to have any room for error. So when you don't get separation, you're making that quarterback have zero room for error. He got to make a perfect throw every time he throw it because there's no separation between you and that defensive back But the quarterback have a more of a bigger radius to throw that ball in there. So that's what they mean by they're not getting any separation. And when it comes to that, okay, they definitely gonna go back to the drawing board. Um, and they're gonna see, okay, what type of routes were we running? How are you running your routes? You know, were you even running the right depth? Because a lot of times, and I get kind of technical with you, I could have a 16-yard curl route. A 16-yard curl route is go up the field 16 yards, sink Mm -hmm. your hips, and come right back to the quarterback. But if I cut that yard off, let's say I run 12 yards instead of 16 yards, that's an extra four yards that I'm not able to push that defensive back, making him think I'm going deep for him to flip his hips but because I'm only going 12 to 13 yards, he really haven't got out of his back pedal yet. You know, so he's going to jump all over that route, but it's not because uh, you're, you're not a good receiver. It's because you're not getting your route depth to really deceive these cornerbacks, and make them feel like you're going deeper. So it's a lot of things that go into it when it comes to why receivers not getting separation.
1: Yeah, and look, I appreciate explaining it. You know, and again, I think it's important for everybody to understand the context, right? It's, it's just the fact that, you know, you look at it and you're like, Oh, they don't do it, but there's so many nuances that go into it. Right. And, and again, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you look at the wide receivers, right. And this is kind of where they're at and, you know, we could talk about Odell Beckham jr. And and obviously that the rumors that the saints are extremely interested, he's going to take a few days um, to make his decision, but it's down to him, the Packers, the chiefs, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Seahawks and all these other teams, even, you know, I think the Pats are involved too. And, uh, and such, but, you know, again, if I'm, If I'm Odell, I think Sean Payton has a good pitch for you because I think he knows how to use wide receivers. I think Odell Mm Beckham Jr. is not the elite player he once was with the Giants, but I still think he has a lot uh, to offer, and I think he's a pretty decent upgrade over what the Saints do have. And so – do you think it's as simple as that? Or, you know, if he goes to a Green Bay or Kansas City, he's not going to be the number one guy. But in New Orleans, he's definitely going to be the number one guy. And playing with Trevor Simeon, does that, does that maybe sway his decision in any way?
0: I think what's going to sway his decision, if he comes to New Orleans, is going to be because Coach Peyton it. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because if he goes to Green Bay, you got Aaron Rodgers there. You know, he get a chance to play with an elite quarterback. Uh, if he go to Kansas city, you have uh patch Mahomes there. You get a chance to play with an elite quarterback. If you come to new Orleans, our game plan is not so much to air it out. Every play, you know, we're more, we're going to run the ball. Uh, so, and it's not bad that you're running the ball. I mean, that's, that's what we need to do right now. It's not bad that you're running the ball, but he's going to want to go to a place where he can at least get those attempts. So if he go to Kansas city, yeah, they got some other receivers in Kansas city, but, they throw the ball a lot. They throw it a lot. So he's going to have an opportunity to get those attempts. Uh, same thing with when he go to green Bay, they're going to throw the ball, you know, so he get a chance to get those attempts, even though other good receivers there. Now, if he comes here, he's going to be our number one guy. I feel like, I mean, of course, he got to learn the offense, but I think eventually he can work his way. He works himself into the offense to where he's one of our prime targets, but is that going to allow coach Peyton to start throwing the ball more or are we going to still stick to our formula, which, and going back, I hate to go back to what you said about Kamara with him being injured uh, because it just, it just popped my mind. I'm, I'm not so afraid of Kamara being injured right now, or him, I'm not injured, but him missing this game. And the reason why I say that is because you have Hill. You still have Hill that can do kind of the same thing. It's not necessarily the exact same thing, but kind of do the same things that Kamara can do. And you still have Ingram that can step in and take the workload. So when it comes to, you know, missing Kamara, I'm okay with if he missed this game so he can be 100% moving forward because I think we have guys in place that can kind of take the workload over.
1: Right. And, and you know, Ingram is one guy. Obviously, they could use Ty Montgomery in that role. They could use Dwayne Washington, and they could call up uh, Lamar Miller from the practice squad if it's that extreme. But, you know, I don't, I don't think – again, I think the offensive line play – especially the protection on Sammy and is something that I thought stood out a good bit is, is the fact that they gave him time and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's looks good. And, you know, the penalties, it's untimely. It's never a good time to have a penalty. You know, they had big plays wiped off because of it, but, you know, I believe that this offensive line, again, you look at this game, against the Titans, both teams are going to want to try to win in the trenches. And, again, it sounds so cliche because we talked about it all the time, and I think that's that's fundamental football one-on-one, but you look at some of the other teams like Kansas City and Green Bay, and they're more of a, I would say, dare say, an aerial attack, if you will. And um, But, you know, with these two, I feel like it's a kind of a smash mouth, hard nose, let's see if my line can outpush your line type of game coming. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you're exactly right. And like I said, it's going to be a good game to watch. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, it's going to be a fast game to watch. When I say a fast game to watch, I'm talking about the, this game probably is not going to take as long as it, as you usually would because of both teams love to run the ball. And when you're running the ball, that clock continues to go. So this game is probably going to be a fast game.
1: Yeah. And I mean, let's just kind of go there because I think the Titans are a, a minus three right now. And and I, I don't recall, I think the over under is about 44, which, I kind of would maybe could see that like a 24 20 or 27 24 game. I think it's going to be close, but let's just go there. New Orleans wins this football game. If they do what? What are the top two or three reasons they win this football
0: game? Uh, they win this game because we stop the run. We have to stop the run. Like I said, I know we say it's cliche, but we have to stop the run and we cannot beat ourselves. I feel like if we stop their run, which I feel like we can do because we've been, we proved that we can do this. Uh, And we don't beat ourselves. When I say beat ourselves, penalties like we just had, we just had 10 penalties, a a 10-penalty game, which is unheard of, uh, and not turning the ball over. Uh, If we can take care of those two things, we can stop their run and make them pass the ball the same way they're going to try to do the exact same to us. But if we can stop their run game and don't beat ourselves with penalties and turnovers, we win this game.
1: I feel you. I, I think that this is a game that they can come win. And, I, and for me, I think it's about the fast start. I think if the Saints win the toss, they get the ball first. I think you're going to see a Sean Payton just trying to run it down their throat. Most all the plays like if it's a 10 play drive, he's running the football on seven or eight of those plays. Right. I just think he's going to try to establish that. I think the defense is a team or is going to come in here and respond Really well. Um, you know, I think CJ Gardner Johnson will be out of this game. You know, there's rumors that he might have a broken toe or if it's turf toe, but either way, he's going to miss some time. So I, I'll be interested to see what they do in the slot. If they put Bradley Roby there, if they put PJ Williams there, who's kind of had a, a knack for finding the football, I think that's obviously important defensively, but you got to get that pass rush going. I don't know if you're going to have Peyton Turner back in. He was there last week, but he got hurt on a play and he uh, was missing from Wednesday's practice. But um, you know, you might get Carl Granderson back. But, you know, look, getting after the the quarterback is obviously key, you know, and I think this defense can force some turnovers, force some fumbles. I mean, you know, Adrian Peterson pretty well in some aspects. It's imp- incredible that he's still going at 36, by the way.
0: But, I know. It is. But, you know,
1: <laughs> is. I, I think the Saints can come out here and they can establish their tempo on the road and, and kind of be able to control this game. You, you kind of agree there?
0: I agree wholeheartedly with you. Like I said, and, and my prediction, I I think it's going to be a, a tough fought game, but I think we win this game 24-27 Saints.
1: Nice. I love it. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think they can put up 24-27 points. I think that's probably the sweet spot is whoever can get to 24 first is going to be the team that wins. Um, You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Saints as well. I do believe that, you know, I don't think this team – Makes the same mistake twice. They don't lose back-to-back games typically, and I think they're going to come out, show their brand of football. I mean, the deck's always been stacked against them for injuries, all this other stuff, but they found a way, and I think they have the talent, the coaching. It just comes down to execution, and then, you know, again, if they can stay consistent here and then build upon this win, and and try to to worry about this game because it's a huge game, you know. And Mm -hmm. Philly's not going to be pushed over either, but. Take care of this one on the road and then get back to to New Orleans, get some of your players healthy. I think they're in for an interesting back half of this this season and a good run they could put together.
0: I'm on one accord with you. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with it. But like I said, it's going to be a, a tough back half of it. But I think we just, like you said, we got to take it one game at a time.
1: Absolutely. Well, Terrence, any parting shots, thoughts, or remarks before we let out here?
0: No, sir. Go Saints.
1: Go Saints as always. That's right. Well, guys, you can keep up with us all. And believe Saints. Definitely hit that like button, subscribe to our podcast, download it. And uh, guys, we just appreciate all your support as always. And we'd like to obviously thank Bet Online for sponsoring today's show. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.